0: Roca di Pampa, October 1, 2021, Meeting of the Delegates of the Movement. Margaret Karam, The Contribution of the charism of Unity to a Synodal Spirituality. Dear everyone, I still have very much at heart the extraordinary strong experience of communion and fellowship we lived during the recent ecumenical meeting of bishops. It turned out to be a true inspiration and and was fruitful. There was a depth of sharing that overcome the distances and make us feel united in the one body of Jesus, both with those who were present and those who participated via Zoom. It was an experience of light that continued during the audience with Pope Francis. God is at work, leading us by giving hope. This resonated in the harmony of views and concerns that unite those with responsibility in the churches to respond with the life of the gospel to the needs and expectations of humanity today. As you know, Pope Francis has called a new synod to be held in October 2023 on the theme, for a synodal church, communion, participation, and mission. This means openness to dialogue and conversion to fraternal relationships at every level. In the preparatory document, I saw how much the present day wounds of the world challenge us, grief, inequality, persecution, suffering, and how we want to face these wounds by listening to the cry of the poor. It was a joy to see how much harmony there is with the document of our assembly, with the very many faces of Jesus forsaken that we are all discovering in every part of the world. It is increasingly evident then that there is a grace underlying this pressing invitation to be open to synodality so that it becomes the new way of the Church. It really thought how much more we must take this call seriously and respond to it, having received the Charism of Unity. I know that in various countries you have been asked to collaborate. This shows the trust there is in the movement and in Chiara, who allowed herself to be guided by God to promote a spirituality of communion living with Jesus in the midst in the dynamics of relationships marked by the trinitarian model Living through this document I was struck by a decisive initial statement that rang out like a new awareness acknowledgment It says like this To journey together we need to let ourselves be educated by the Spirit a truly synodal mentality, entering with courage and freedom of heart into a conversion process. It is a call to discover the face and form of synodal church in which everyone has something to learn. This is what the document says, the faithful people, the colors of bishops, the Bishop of Rome, all listening to each other and all listening to the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, in order to know that what he says to the churches. I was struck by this vision that is so clear and grounded in scripture that it shows the true way to relate to one another, to give space to the Holy Spirit it is a vision that involves people and hierarchy and undoubtedly requires conversion and constant vigilance and is by its nature open to dialogue and an ecumenical journey the document continues this includes the call to deepen relationships with other churches and christian communities with which we are united by the one baptism it continues The perspective of journeying together, then, is even broader and embraces all humankind whose joys and hopes, griefs and anxieties we share. A synodal synodal church therefore values the variety of gifts. Among the thematic points to be explored, we read the dialogue with other Christians has a special place in the synodal journey. And we are asked to reflect on what relations do we have with the brothers and sisters of other Christian denominations? It was interesting to read this. What areas do they concern? What fruits have we drawn from this journeying together? What are the difficulties? Putting oneself on synodal path creates a church going forth whose doors are open. This gives an idea of the context of the preparatory document that has already come out. When I was invited by His Eminence Cardinal Mario Greg, Secretary General of the Synod of Bishops, to a study day on July 1st with the leaders of 20 charisms, including religious orders and ecclesial movements, I had a truly enriching experience. I was asked to highlight the contribution that the charism of unity can offer to a synodal spirituality. I admit that I was happy to do this, but at the same time, felt fear of the Lord. I felt the need to recollect myself, to engage with Focolarini and Focolarini, who are theologians and experts in ecclesiology to share, but above all to live with renewed radicality because it was a question of listening to the Holy Spirit and returning to the roots of what God gave to Kara. It was in this task of going into death to make a gift to others that the wonderful resources contained in the bat- patrimony of the ideal came to me in a new light. I would like to share with you the focal points which I also offer to the efficient bishops so that these points may accompany us and be an inspiration for the life of the movement in the years in which we are pressing for synod, preparing for synod. Synodality, a holy journey. The aspect of synodality suggests a program for life that for us has marked the experience of the movement from its very beginning the Life in the Mystical Body, Life with Jesus Among Us, a program that we want to implement today more than ever, making our own encouragement given by Pope Francis, who has brought this team to the attention of the whole church, to the extent of affirming that the path of synodality is what God expects of the church of the third millennium. Synodality, journeying together. Is exactly what I felt at the time of my election. The new stage that was opening had to be for all of us, members and adherents of the movement in the world, a continuous journeying together. In other words, to live that holy journey begun in the 1980s. We know that it was from the wise intuition that Kara had to help us become saints together and witness love to the world that the link-up began, which has been connecting the Focolare communities of the five continents for decades. The sharing of experiences of the lived gospel of challenges and projects are important steps to strengthen the family spirit and multiply cells of authentic fraternity among individuals and peoples. This sincere communion commits us to living for one another to giving of ourselves for those in need, not stopping in front of difficulties on a path of collective holiness. Our entire spirituality helps us because it leads us to discover the preciousness of relationships. It forms us in the dynamic of love for our brothers and sisters, which is always new and helps us live in accordance with the gospel. This is the newness of the charism that allows us to build relationships on the model of those of the Trinity. Thus, embodying the heart of Jesus' message, it is a very timely call and one that I feel is more eagerly waited for more than ever. Of course, I know very well that it is not enough to know the principles. It is necessary to give witness, and ours is a holy journey that does not depend only on personal skills or success, but on being at the school of the one master, the saint in the midst of his people. I came across one of Chiara's writings when she was called by Pope John II to participate as an auditor at the 1999 Synod. This is how Chiara appealed to the family of the movement in the world to live this event with her. Here are Kiera's words. What should we commit ourselves to? How can we play our part? By renewing frequently in our hearts the serious intention of always wanting, night and day, the presence of Jesus among us, and by acting accordingly. In fact, it is an act which calls for sacrifice It requires, for example, overcoming human respects, overcoming laziness, practicing humility to silence self-love. In short, paying the price for a communitarian spirituality, reminding each other of the duty of having Jesus among us can contribute to living on a supernatural level. This way of doing things, this keeping the temperature of our spiritual life high, is our characteristic contribution to the Synod, as well as to the holy journey that these up. help us to undertake. That was Kiara. To answer the question that I was asked in preparation for the Synod, and that now many be asked of you in many parts of the zones, about the specific characteristics that our spirituality can offer, I describe some of them that we know very well, but that I think it would be good for us to revisit. Second, characteristics of the spirituality of unity born of the charism given by God to Chiara. From the very beginning, the path of the movement developed in a way that we could call synodal because the rediscovery of God-love, the inspirational spark, as John Paul II called it, opened a way to go to God together. The two main cornerstones of the spirituality that accompanied this development are unity and Jesus forsaken. Unity, it was around 1946 when Carol Lubick and her companions, who were already committed to living the gospel, read the Testament of Jesus together. Those difficult words became clear one by one, that they may be one as we are one, that they may all be one. It was the discovery of God's plan for humanity. Kara perceived the profound reality of the relationship between the Father and the Son and the greatness of that relationship being communicated to us. And this desire of Jesus is translated into a firm commitment. We were born for this page. This gives, gives rise to a responsibility that was primary pers- primarily personal, that of living the word in our daily lives to conform ourselves of being another Jesus, to act like Jesus on Earth. It is a commitment, however, that is not only personal but also collective which recalls the new commandment to love one another as he has loved us. Kara continues, We companions look at one another and begin to love one another to fulfill this will of God which comes particularly from Jesus. This led to a common decision marked by a pack of mutual love consciously of solemnly made to be renewed often and with confidence especially in front of any lack of charity. The other cornerstone is the discovery of Jesus' forsaken. Even before focusing on the passage in John 17, Kara and her companions had discovered Jesus' cry of forsakenness on the cross. They understood it as the experience of his greatest suffering, experiencing being forsaken, he who had said, I I and the Father are one. It was a culmination of suffering in which the greatness of his love is revealed, bearing the fruit of the redemption by reuniting a torn and divided humanity to God. He is the key to unity with God, therefore the key to the unity of people among themselves. In a very well-known text, which which sounds like a declaration of love, Kara affirms, I have only one spouse on earth, Jesus for a second. I have no other God but him. In him there is the whole of paradise with the Trinity and the whole of the earth with humanity. I will go through the world seeking him in every instant of my life. So it was for her and so it is for those who follow the path of unity which leads us, these disciples of Amos to walk with the risen lord. Jesus forsaken and unity are two sides of the same coin and those who want to live in unity and for unity can only go ahead by leaning on the suffering on a suffering love as strong as strong as that of Jesus crucified and forsaken. By living in this way we enter an Easter journey from forsakenness to the light of unity, which is essential in a synodal journey. Third, the paradigmatic experience of synodality. A foundational experience of the movement, which we could define as paradigmatic of a synodal approach, was the process of the approval of the movement by church authorities, This this process lasted a good 17 years if we consider the first statute approved by the diocesan authorities as the beginning and the full and final approval given by Pope Paul VI as the end. This was followed by another phase, rich in blessing, which we cannot go into detail with now. Third, a paradigmatic experience of synodality. A foundational experience of the movement, which we could define as paradigmatic of a synodal approach, was the process of the approval of the movement by church authorities. This process lasted a good 17 years if we consider the first statute approved by the diocesan authorities as the beginning and the full and final approval given by Pope Paul VI at the end. This was followed by another phase rich in blessings which we cannot go into detail which now, but which can, help, can perhaps be called a phase of synodality between ecclesiastical authority and the charism of unity, as it was rich in mutual gifts. Going back over those first 17 years, Kara's faith in God's love and in the maternity of the church was unshakable and never wavered not even when in 1952 she was advised to resign from the leadership of the of the movement or when in the following years the possibility of its dissolution in 1960 was raised it was a school of humility and cara was able to live this profound purification by keeping her gaze fixed on the one she had chosen jesus crucified and forsaken with love for him as her only support. It was in this spirit that she placed herself at the service of the church, which, although suspicious of the movement, asked for help with the Apostolate in Italy and in the countries behind the Iron Curtain. In this way, there matured the certainty that the movement that was growing was not some human achievement, but came from God, as the first fruits confirmed. It was the certainty that there was a plan of God, that God wants unity. He desires that all may be one. And so it was until the full recognition of the presence of a charism. Faith in God's love, in the maternity of the church, obedience, humility, service, thanks, thankfulness, even when being purified. There are, these are virtues not to be forgotten because they are part of our DNA and are also necessary today for every synodal process. Fourth, the experience today within the Focolare movement. How does this process take place today is within the movement. A compass is indicated to us in our statutes, the premise of which it states, mutual and constant love, which makes unity possible and brings the presence of Jesus among all, is, for those who are part of the work of Mary, the basis for their life under every aspect. It is the norm of norms, the premise of every other rule. Mutual and continuous charity to reach consensus must therefore be the life, the style of our synodality. Pope Francis urged us to do this when welcoming the participants in the General Assembly of the Work of Mary at the Vatican on 6th February. Among other things, he said, With regard to your effort within the movement, I urge you increasingly to promote synodality so that all members, as depositaries of the same charism, may be co-responsible for and participate in the life of the work of Mary and its specific goals. This is what we are trying to do with particular attention right now in the period following the death of the founder. Another characteristic is the man-woman relationship proper to to the nature of the movement that is open to all vocations. To men and women of all ages, the governance of the movement at all levels, precisely because it is based on the presence of Jesus in the midst, is entrusted to man and a woman as co-responsible. In the case of the president, who, according to the statutes, will always be a woman. She will be assisted in her responsibility as a guarantor of unity of the movement by co-president. This, too, is permanent school of synodality that bears fruit. I will now describe some important reference points for the implementation of a synodal process which are drawn from our experience, knowing full well that they remain a challenge and oblige us when we make a mistake to apologize and begin again. The pack of mutual love renewed and put at the basis of every discernment process implies the commitment to be ready to love each other as Jesus loved us. It leads to benevolence, to valuing the positive of the other, to a culture of trust, and to a family of spirit. Putting oneself in an attitude of listening, setting out to learn, because we truly can learn, as Kara said, if we believe that the other has been created as a gift for me, as I am for him or her. Loving everyone, being the first to love, loving us oneself, Making oneself one with the other, which referring to St. Paul, is an attitude filled with meaning and and practicality because it implies making room for the other, understanding his or her point of view and cultural reality. This creates a closeness in relationships and enables community discernment. Another reference point is speaking with respect and with sincerity and clarity because everything can be shared with paresia frankness putting oneself before god and keeping alive the, the reality of the new commandment then i also gave some concrete examples of how we live this synodality i said that in addition to the holy journey which we have already mentioned which is a call to holiness and which remains important precisely because of the fact that we find ourselves walking together with Jesus who becomes a travel companion among us. The other example I gave was the General Assembly that we have all experienced in one way or the other. I had said after I had described the experience a bit that this broad Sharing that we had in the assembly produced a great wealth of reflection and proposals to the point of agreeing on a vision and orientations. This then matured during direct discussion and were summarized in the final document. Thinking back on this period, I feel that the grace of the census fidelium of the people, the grace of the assembly, as it is considered in our own statutes as the supreme organ of governance, really worked. All of this was certainly based on the pack of mutual love and being open to continuous conversion. The condition of success was the tenacity not to give up in listening to one another with love until we experience the fruit, the inspiration on which to focus joyfully as a sign of the presence of the reasoned Lord. I see that this process is now continuing in the different geographical areas in the light of the Pope's words and of the Assembly's final document looking for ways to listen to the cry of suffering of humanity. Another eloquent example for contributing to the synodal spirituality to be given to the churches and to the world, as I have been saying constantly, is is to witness to the spirit of family everywhere and in governance at the central and local levels. The core of our spirituality is to offer to the world a a model of a lifestyle as brothers and sisters at the universal level. As you have heard, I am also particularly interested in the experience of synodality in the governance of the movement that is conducting everything in a spirit of listening and giving priority to interpersonal relationships and to that fraternal love of truth and charity that illuminates the place that belongs to each one. As a general counsel, It seems to me that we have already begun the wonderful experience of listening to you, the delegates of the Zone, throughout the world, who know the potential, the needs, and the cultural and anthropological characteristics of your respective communities. In any case, the Center will always have the task of guaranteeing the unity of the entire movement, highlighting what the Holy Spirit gradually indicates to us for everyone. I have to come to my conclusion. As a conclusion, I would like to share these words of Kara from November 1999 after her participation in the Synod, which she shared in a link-up. They resonated with me very strongly and they seem so relevant for today. Kara said this. What was my experience of those 23 days? the impression of a prolonged moment of God, especially when we were all together with the Holy Father, who was present in silence and listening, but also in the smaller group works, which it's listened to the other with deep respect and in true harmony. And so, this is what I have drawn from it, that church, People in the church do things seriously. Nothing is improvised. Its thing is carried out thoroughly and completely, even at the cost of effort and tiredness. I came to the conclusion that if the institutional church does things seriously, we too must do likewise. We, as one of the expressions of the charismatic aspect of the church. But how? Over the past few days, several times during meditation, I have wondered, how should I leave the time I have left to benefit from that example? And how would I want to be remembered by those who knew me? My answer, which seems to have come from the depths of my soul, was, I would like to be remembered only as the bride of Jesus forsaken. As, and in this way, we can all express ourselves as a soul who is the spouse of Jesus forsaken. This possible, and may God help me, definition of my life seemed wonderful, even if exceedingly high, even if still what I should be, yet I felt it to be my vocation. We know that to become saints, we must aim at a single summarizing idea, which for us can be only be unity. But unity is only achieved if our soul is the spouse of Jesus forsaken. Foucault would say, bound to a forsaken God, infinite possibilities of loving him have presented themselves before me. In personal sufferings, large or small, in the effort that virtue costs, in the small or large disunities that need to be recomposed, in the imperfect unity of the church, in the fragmentary nature of the various religions, in non-belief, in suffering of all kinds, in in sinners, in adverse circumstances, in the unexpected, everywhere. There is a work to be done. We need to love. Thank you, Lord, for the time we still have to show you our love to be able to say sincerely, I have only one spouse on earth.